0: what is up everybody welcome back to the t wolves country podcast the nba draft is tomorrow and we got a lot of Timberwolves things to talk about like this is probably the most jam-packed Timberwolves news podcast i'm gonna have uh we got a rosas press conference to go through not really a press conference just like a big 20-minute interview i broke down the notes and news to that uh, olympic talk we got the whole there's a big dispute going on with Juancho hernan gomez and the wolves Ricky Rubio rumors and then some wolves have some interest in our players and the big thing that we're gonna end this off with is my top 30 prospects I have my full list there as the NBA draft is tomorrow so if you're not into that type of stuff you don't have to listen to it that's why I'm putting at the end and yeah let's hop right into the Timberwolves news and notes so the Minnesota Timberwolves have interest in or two more rumored interest interest in two more players Doug McDermott and George Niang um George Niang personally i'm not the biggest fan i think he's a solid role player if worst comes to worst and we have to get a guy like him it wouldn't be the end of the world i think we need to add more solid role players but i'm still going for that bigger punch um doug mcdermott i would like him a lot i believe he is an unrestricted free agent i we have our mle deal so i don't know how much he's asking for if he asked for over 10 million we probably wouldn't be able to get him but if he maybe wants like a one-year nine million dollar deal we could hook him up with that, and I would love to do that. I think he's a really talented offensive player. Defensively, he's not the best, um, which we need defenders, but I still want talent overall. I think we can find defense in our spots in the off season. Plus, we have guys coming back next year that are really good defenders. So hopefully our defense is in a good spot. But those are the two other players the Wolves have interest in. I think the most juicy topic going around Wolves, I mean, not the most juicy, but the most drama-filled topic is the – Juancho and Timberwolves kind of like a dispute situation, um, but the good news out of this is that Juancho's injury isn't terrible. We thought Juancho could be out for two to six months, but it looks like he's actually really good right now. And he was so he wanted to play in the Olympics so bad, and I think he maybe could have, but the Timberwolves staff didn't clear him. So Juancho and Spain thought that the Timberwolves trained. I mean, they they uh, cleared Juancho to play for the Olympics. And they were about to put him on the roster. But then the Wolves denied and blocked him from playing in the Olympics um, because the trainers didn't clear him and they didn't think he was ready. So, I mean, if that's true and they don't think he's ready, then, yeah, he probably shouldn't play no matter how good he is. Like, even if he's somebody who's going to get minimal, minimal minutes off the bench, we still need those players. Um, and he's a guy who's shown spurts to be a really good player with us. Um, I don't think he's been fully worth the $7 million a year, but I think he could get to that level. I think he just had a rough year uh, last year, and I think he could get back to full potential next year. I mean, we'll see with that. His role is kind of like this big, you know, tall forward that can shoot, but needs to work on his defense. So now Juancho is kind of upset with the team, and I understand it. He probably thought he was ready to play in the Olympics, and the Timberwolves training staff said he's not. So that's kind of what the situation is. Um... The, I mean, Juancho Hernan Gomez's brother has been kind of vocal about it. He's, he's Matt Timbrose also, um, because Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, his brother, he's on Team Spain also. And he's, I believe he plays for the Pelicans. Um, and he's been a solid role player for them too. So both uh, Hernan Gomez brothers are decent NBA players and they're both for Team Spain. So Juancho, he's been more of a starter for Spain. So this is kind of a blow to, to the, the Team Spain. I don't think they're going to struggle too much because of it. Um, Spain's been looking pretty dang good. I don't think they've lost a game, even in exhibition matches. I could be wrong, though. But he is usually a starter for them. I don't know what spot he plays, probably small forward or power forward. So it is kind of a blow. But that team is, they, they got some good players in that team. Marcosal, Paul Gasol, obviously Ricky Rubio. Those are some of the top guys. It's nice to see Paul, Paul Gasol still moving around at his old age of forty something. I don't know how old he is, but there's also that dude from Argentina, Scola. He's been really good for Argentina and he's forty one also. So it's nice to see those older players still playing at a really high level. But yeah that's the whole Honcho Hernan Gomez situation. We'll see what happens. Um worst comes to worst he requests for a trade, which is not the biggest thing. I kind of want to trade him anyways. I don't think he I like he's just a terrible defender. Not worth his money in my opinion. I think it could be time to move on from him. We'll see how upset he is with this in the coming days. All right, now we got a lot of news and notes to talk about. Darren Wolfson had a 20-minute you know, conference call, I guess you could say, that was posted online with Gerson Rosas. Um, and I got a bunch of things to talk about here that he was talking about, so let's break them down. I'll talk a little bit about each one. Rosas thinks the Wolves could get a first round or second round pick in the draft. As you guys know, the draft is tomorrow at 7 o'clock. I believe it would be on ESPN. I don't really know. It's probably going to be on something like that. Um, If you guys want me to know, just message me. Um, But I would like to get a pick. I think we we could get a pick. You could see us moving a guy like Culver for a second rounder. We'll all see what happens on draft day. But it's going to be a sweet day, by the way. I'm, I'm super excited for tomorrow. Uh, Rosas says the Wolves will definitely pick up at least one undrafted free agent, meaning someone who's not drafted in the, in the top 60 picks, which there's a lot of good players that aren't drafted. As you guys know, Nas Reed, he went undrafted and that's what Rosas did. He picked him right up. Um, so maybe we can get in our guy like that. I really like, uh, I don't have to say his name properly. His first name, I think, it's Duane Washington Jr. from Ohio state. He's one of the top guys um, I've been looking at. I don't know if Matthew Hurt will follow the draft. Personally, I think Matthew Hurt from Duke is going to be a second-round pick. Um, But, yeah, there's going to be some good players remaining from the undrafted pool. And and mainly the purpose of getting those guys is to fill up that Iowa Wolves roster because Rosas has said over the years that the Iowa Wolves and the development of the Iowa Wolves – is super important to him. And you've seen the, the talent that it's produced, Jordan McLaughlin, Nas Reed, Jalen Noel, just to name three guys. Like those are all really solid role players that they, that they've produced. Um, and they want to keep doing that. Speaking of the Iowa wolves, they're still trying to fill that spot. They haven't found a coach. Um, man, I keep having notifications pop on my phone. The, the twins keep hitting home runs. My gosh, i, think I have like six today or something, but a lot off topic. Um, I I'm still confused why we fired that head coach. I mean, the Iowa Wolves were really bad last year. They I don't even know if they won a game, but the talent that the Iowa Wolves has been producing has been just absolutely insane. And not to mention the Iowa Wolves produced uh oh what's his name Cook he he's he's signed with the Pistons right now, and then Charlie Brown Jr. He's also signed with the Thunder. So our team, the Iowa Wolves, produced two NBA players already in this last year i just understand the firing of that head coach but we're trying to fill that spot maybe finch just wants to bring in his whole new staff which to that point i would understand a little bit but i still think the bright move would be to keep that coach who's been producing this talent anthony Edwards and Jaden mcdaniels have been working out at the facility all summer um i think anthony Edwards has a camp coming up so he'll be playing in that that's either i think that's like one of the first days of august like he's got a bunch of kids coming um, to play basketball with him and stuff. He's going to help him out, I guess, because um, a lot of players do that. That's pretty cool that they've been working out together. Um, Kat, D'Lo, Malik, and all the other veterans have been really committed to off-season basketball. Talking about Kat, though, the, the primary person Rosas highlighted was Kat is super committed to winning, and he's in the best shape of his life, which is really nice to hear. Caranthony Towns, if you see photos of him right now, he's, super sl- he's he slimmed down a lot he's probably lost already like 10 pounds. He's, he's lost a lot of weight, which is, I'm glad of that, because if we do acquire somebody like Miles Turner and he can go play center and then Towns can run power forward, that'd be really good so he can be a little lighter and move quicker. But overall, just him getting in the best shape of his life, according to Rosas, is really, really good news in my opinion. Anthony Edwards injury is coming along really well. Apparently he's been bouncing off the walls and potentially doing a little too much compared to what he's supposed to be doing. If you guys watched the twins game, actually yesterday, he threw out the first pitch. That's definitely not bad. I'm not saying that's over the line, but he, that was pretty cool that he threw that out. But, um, according to Rosas, he's, he's just been super energetic to get back, which is nice to see though. And he's ready to be hundred percent. He should be soon. Nas Reed his is coming along pretty well um his is just a, a strain it wasn't really anything bad it's just a little leg strain um, i'm sure he's 100 now but he, nothing will happen he'll play summer league um because i i know rosas wants to use all those guys and finch wants to use all those guys in summer league jared culver is close to 100 health wise as you guys know he had surgery at the end of the season on his foot i believe so he was out for a while and he had injury problems this whole season starting with his ankle and then a foot again, you know, he had to have surgery that took his season out. So he didn't play that much this year, um, but he's close to hundred percent. That's good. And the last big news that I got from that conference was Jared Vanderbilt. The qualifying offer will be sent to him this week. If you guys didn't know, he is set up to be a restricted free agent. What we should be looking for is the Timberwolves offering him the, the offer sheet, meaning, He will become a restricted free agent, and then the Timberwolves can sign him. If the Wolves decline the offer sheet or they just don't send it out to him, that means they probably don't want him, and he'll become an unrestricted free agent. But I know we want to keep him. I know they want to. So that will happen this week. I'll be posting about that and talking about that, but it's going to be good to get that guy back. That's it from the news and notes from the Rosas and Wolfson press conference. The NBA playing tournament is going to be coming back next year. If you don't know how the playing tournament works, it's basically a tournament at the end of the season to figure out which teams are going to be placed in the seven and eight spots. And the term is, is played between the seven, eight, nine, and 10th seed. Um, Timberwolves will most likely be within those ranges. So the Timberwolves will most likely be included in this year's upcoming playing tournament. <clears throat> so that should be interesting. And basically, how it works. Is the seven seed plays the eight seed? The winner of that game gets the seven seed, and then the loser plays the winner of the nine ten seed game, and then the winner of that game evidently will get the eight seed. Um, So I'm I'm not the absolute biggest fan of it. I mean, next year for the Timberwolves, it should be nice. Like if we can't make a playoff spot, like seven or eight seed, then we'll have still have a chance to make it if we fall to like maybe even like the ten spot, which I think we were better than that, but we could. You know, end up falling to that spot, um, but yeah, it, it I think this, I think the Wolves will be in that tournament. I don't see us being better than the seven seed, and I don't see us worse being. I mean, being worse than the ten seed. So yeah, I think we'll definitely be included in that tournament, and it should be an interesting one too. The NBA does make a lot of money off that, those tournaments. All right, last like Timberwolves related segment. We're talking about the Olympics, and then the Timberwolves players and their teams and how they're doing. Josh Okogie in Nigeria—they're off to a pretty rough start, 0-2. Um, I don't think they're gonna place. I don't think they're gonna get a medal this year based off of those two games. I think it's possible for them to still get that because these are just seeding games still. But I really don't think they're going to uh, get a medal this year, unfortunately, which sucks because they had a really good start to the year with the two wins. Um, I can't remember the second. T- I think they beat Argentina. I can't remember who they beat, actually. Yeah, As Argentina and obviously USA in that first game. Akogi had a really good first game, which they lost, and he had 11 points, two boards, three assists, but he had a rough second game. He did get three dimes, but no points and no rebounds. Maybe one rebound, I can't remember. Um, Argentina and Balmaro, they're 0-1. Balmaro was really good defensively, but he didn't get much production offensively in that game. I don't know why he's not used as much offensively. He maybe got two or three shots up and he made one of them. Um, he just, he seems like a guy who could really be a nice ball handler and facilitator of the offense, but he's not really given that opportunity with this Argentina team. And I really hope Finch gives him a little bit of that, uh, you know, that opportunity when he, you know, evidently does come here. Um, Ricky Rubio and Spain are off to a good start. One to know. Ricky absolutely dominated in that first game. He had 20 points, two boards, and nine assists, almost a double double. What a job by him. Um, I couldn't watch that game, unfortunately, but what a game he had 20 points. Like people don't understand the Olympics, it's a lot harder to score in the Olympics. Not only is the game eight minutes shorter, but a lot more contact is allowed around the hoop. And fouls aren't called as much. There's not as many free throws. Um, so really good performance by Ricky. What, the A 20-point game translated to the NBA would probably be like maybe like five or six more points. So that's kind of like him having a 26-point game in the NBA. That's it for Timberwolves Talk. Let's get onto my draft prospects list. All right, so now we're at my favorite part of the podcast. I'm going to be naming off my top 30 draft prospects. All the kids that will be drafted tomorrow. Every single player you'll hear me talk about will definitely be drafted tomorrow. Um So yeah, let's hop right into this. And if they're not drafted, then the Timberwolves better pick them up. But yeah, all these dudes are going to be drafted. Top 30 picks. I could see a few of them falling in the second round. But overall, most of these dudes will be first rounders, obviously. Um yeah, let's hop right in. Again, if you're not looking for this type of content, you don't have to listen if you don't want to. But yeah, top 30 prospect. Let's start out. My explanations, by the way. They'll get better as we go on. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the bottom guys that I have here, but I'm going to keep you know talking more about the higher prospects once we get there. At number 30, Josh Christopher from ASU. At number 29, the Super Raw Prospect, Zahari Williams. At number 28, the Shop Blocking Machine, Isaiah Jackson. At number 27, we got Nashon Highland. At number 26, we got Miles McBride. Number twenty-five, we got the sharp shooting Chris Dorte. I think that's how you say his name. I might mispronounce some of these dudes' names, by the way. At twenty-four, we got the great scorer Cam Thomas. At twenty-three, we got Usman Garaboa. I think that's how you say his name. Good defender, good passer. Just needs to work on his shooting. Um, number twenty-two, Corey Kispert, probably the best, in my opinion, the best shooter in the class. But he's a little older, so that limits his upside jared butler really good defender on the perimeter i believe he's a little bit older i always get his age mixed up but i feel like he's 22 or it might be 20 i really don't know but obviously national championship i'm not national champion from butler i mean from uh i said i just said their whole name wrong of the school baylor there it is and by the way that's not the last baylor bear on this list obviously um At number 20, we got Franz Wagner, in my opinion, the most overrated prospect in the class. At number 19, we got Sharif Cooper, who didn't play too much in college. I think he had suspension that he had to go through, um, which was I think it was because he was giving money when he wasn't supposed to be giving money. Unfortunately, that, that was real back then, but now college athletes can get money. At number 18, we have Jaden Springer. Um, good defender, solid passer. He can make his open shots. He's a good overall prospect. At number 17, we got Jalen Johnson. I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's overrated as well. Um, he's from Duke. I'm a fan of Duke, and I'd not like him. Duke was better without him, in my opinion. But he's still, I mean he's still really gifted and talented. I got questions about him though and his demeanor and his, you know, commitment to teams. So that's why he's a lot lower on this list. And number in this, oh, yeah, never mind, That's the next player. We have number 16, Ayo Desumu, um, from Illinois. Intense player. I, I would love him to go to the Lakers. I really want to see him next to LeBron on the Lakers. He really fits that team well, or the Knicks, just an extremely intense player. And now we're getting to the next tier of really, really good, talented players. At this point, in my opinion, you're looking at players who are definitely or should be franchise pillars for you, unless they turn out to be busts, which they could. But number 15, Alpern and Sangun. He is the best post scorer in this class, and he's probably the best post scorer in a lot of previous classes. Also, if you went back and look at the best post scorer from our class, he's probably better than them at scoring in the paint. Um, 14. We got Trey Murphy. I'm gonna talk about him for a little bit. He is one of my favorite prospects. I think he's also extremely underrated. He's a six foot eight, six foot nine forward that shoots the lights out. 48% three point shooter. Really good defender. He's a switchable defender. Um, fantastic in the catch and shoot. He was getting 1.75 points per possession on the catch and shoot. That's pretty unreal. That's like he hit. If he had if those, I mean, those stats aren't. He he hit over fifty percent of his catch and shoot threes. We'll have to say that over fifty percent. Number thirteen, we got Josh Giddy, probably the best passing talent. I wouldn't say best playmaker in the class. Probably just best natural passer in the class. He's kind of like a Lamelo Ball in that sense, but he doesn't have other ca- characteristics characteristics as Lamelo did. Coming in number twelve, probably the most underrated player in this draft. Trey Mann, he he draws a lot of similarities as my guy James Adams says to Deandre Russell, and I agree with that. He's a really good. Uh, he can operate in the pick and roll really well. One of the best shot creators in my opinion in this draft class. I mean, he's just that effortless shot coming off screens. Um, and he's kind of like a Deandre Russell in the sense where you don't know how he keeps his balance so well and how he gets the shot off so effort effortlessly. And you see that a lot from DeAndre Russell. You don't know how he makes those crazy shots coming off screens with having perfect balance. It seems like, and that's really rare talent in my opinion. He has that at number 11. We have Kian Johnson. He broke the uh, record for vertical at the NBA draft combine of over 48 inches. That's a whole four feet. He jumped in the air. That is insane. Um, um, I was pretty shocked. But, I mean, I knew he was athletic as heck, but I didn't think he was going to break the record. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the class also. But offensively, he's, he's still got questions. He's got to work on shooting a lot. Um, that's probably the biggest thing he needs to do. If he can become a good shooter, man, he'd be good as heck. Number 10, we got James Knight, one of the best scorers in the class. He had some efficiency questions last year, but I mean, he was dealing with an injury at the end of the year, and it's college. I get it. Anthony Edwards also had efficiency questions and he kind of did the NBA too. second half of the year. Anthony Edwards, not really though. At number nine, we got Kai Jones, elite lob threat, good defender. He's somebody I really want the Kings to draft. And the, if the Kings don't take him at number nine, I bet the Hornets definitely will. At number 11, number eight, Moses Moody, probably the best strictly three and D uh, prospect in this class. He's so good in transition on the three ball. He knows how to defend really well also. He's one of the guys I'm a big fan of in this class from Arkansas. And number, se- number seven, we got the last Baylor Bear on this list, Davion Mitchell. Um, he's kind of like Donovan Mitchell, except for he's going to be a better defender most likely. He's, he's a little bit smaller. He's only six foot, um, but he's just a lockdown perimeter defender, probably the best perimeter defender in this class. I think you can make an argument for that. He's a really good three-point shooter, you thought, he shot forty four percent from three last year. Um, looks like he's really developed his shooting a lot, which is nice. Number six, we probably have one of the more raw prospects, Jonathan Kaminga. Um, he wasn't. He he he's super young, so I'm gonna give him time. But he's gonna be a developmental piece in my opinion. He could be a boomer bust, but I think he's gonna have a underperforming rookie year compared to most fans, and I'm gonna expect it. I think he's gonna be super raw coming in. And I think he's going to have to play through his failure. And, and evidently, he will become a really good player, in my opinion. It's just going to take time with him. That's why he's lower on this list. Um, if he didn't, he wasn't so raw, then he maybe would even be the fourth best prospect in this class. But just the fact that he's this raw and obviously Young didn't have the best year with G League Ignite, inefficient. Um, that's why he's down at number six. At number five, one of my favorite prospects, Scotty Barnes. He's going to change your defense with how intense he is in that end. He is the best player in transition in this class. He's kind of like a Giannis in that sense with the strides he takes. He's like he's like a light Giannis. I'm not going to say he is Giannis because he's not. I don't think anybody can draw that comparison to Giannis. But he's like a poor man's Giannis. We'll say that. And number four, we got Jalen Suggs. Really good two-way guard um, from Gonzaga. I think his shot needs a little more work. He was a decent three-point shooter. I would like him to become a good three-point shooter, um, but he's hes he is the best leader in this class. I think a team like the Raptors taking him would make a lot of sense. Personally, I want Scotty Barnes to go there, even though I think Suggs is the better prospect coming in. I just For Suggs in Toronto, having a whole country behind the bat his back, I think he's the perfect guy to have that happen to him. And number three, we have... Evan Mobley, the best defender in this class. as my guy James Adams says, the best center prospect since Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Obviously, Minnesota Timberwolves. But yeah, Evan Mobley, he's going to be a stud. I could see him averaging two blocks a game in his rookie year. I bet he goes number three to the Cavs. I think that pick's almost locked in at this point, but there's obviously still a chance of something else happening um, because those things always happen. At number two, we got Jalen Green the best scorer in this class also one of the most athletic players in this class he's just a highlight reel and transition um really good scoring guard it's it's funny because he does have shoot like shot he has he's questions he takes a lot of bad shots but he's super efficient it's like if you look at his stats his stats are actually really efficient um i, I don't have his stats right now but He does not seem to have efficiency problems, and the fact that his shot selection isn't the best is really crazy to me. And then number one, obviously, Cade Cunningham, the best prospect in this class. Um, He is good at almost everything. His one big problem coming, in my opinion, is his turnovers. He's a little careless with the ball sometimes, and he needs to do a better job of taking care of the basketball. But he's one of the best playmakers in the class. He's one of the best scorers in the class. He's a great defender. I'm not going to say he's one of the best defenders, but he's a really good defender. He can defend one through four, and he can also play one through four uh, offensively. Like If you have a guard on him, he's going to take that guard into the paint, and he's just going to work in the paint all game. So you have to put a forward on him like a Jason Tatum. Um, you can't just go on and put some point guard on him like a DeAndre Russell, obviously, because he's going to bu- bully that dude in the paint. But that's it for my top 30 prospects. That's it for this podcast. Also, hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, Yeah, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next time. Peace.